welcome to Bookshelf Shelfies. I'm your host, Mary Barbara Hanna. Here we interview everyday people about their extraordinary lives and the books that influence them. Hi, everybody. It's Mary Barbara Hanna with Bookshelf Shelfies. And if you, I know all of you that have followed me from the beginning of this last summer, every now and then I have a guest on that I am Facebook friends with but have not talked to in years. And this person, no exception. This beautiful woman is Laura Sowers. Hi, Laura. Hi, how are you? I said Sowers, but is it Sowers? No, it's Sowers. Sowers, You got got it right. Okay, very good. Brain tumor. Uh, Just (laughs) so anyway, Laura and I start talking. We literally haven't talked. So Laura gets on and she's, I'm like, hey, how are you? And she's like, fine. And then Laura says, where have you been? Where have you been? And I'm like, yeah, I, gosh, I moved to Hong Kong. And she's like, the last thing I knew, we were talking in a bar. That's right. And, and not just talking. I mean, there were there were some liquid. Oh, kidding. that wasn't I happening. Know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that yeah. was a time in my life when I definitely, and um, I probably haven't really shared this part of my life with my audience, but that was um, a time in my life when I went and relived or lived out all the nonsense I didn't do as a young adult because I was married and had a baby at age 23, which was very common for the people of my generation was to get married out of high school or right after college or not even finish college, get married, have kids. I mean, you know, and so there was a lot of un, um, un, unanswered expectations about what those years should have been like. And so I figured that all out at Tony's in Athens. Yeah, well, it, you know, you need to be your authentic self. We're going to talk about that today a lot. So yes. it's time. It is time for you to own that side of your life. <laughs> and I did. And I did. If my daughter was here, she'd be laughing because um, she was a student at OU. If you right, remember Lauren, I I do. I remember she was there with us. <laughs> yes, she was. Not drinking. I swear to God, not drinking. <laughs> Anyway, long time ago. So hilariously, Laura and I have actually been talking so much that I'm like, wait a minute, we got to turn the podcast on so we can get started here. All right. So the reason I have Laura on today is I've, um, of course, Facebook friends. I follow her. I know all about she's married. She's got two kids. You know, I'm just a, you know, a fan of young. I am really a fan of young people and what they're doing with their lives. I always love to see what other people are doing. And it always gives me a little bit of energy because, and I'm sure you're finding this, um, the older you get, the older your body gets doesn't necessarily mean you're feeling old on the inside. Mm-hmm. And it's a very yeah. surprising feeling, I think, that when you hit whatever the grand old age is, you are now 35. I mean, I really don't 30, know. Yeah, 36. That's a great 36. guess. Yeah. So, oh my God, what a crazy world. So 12 years ago, you were 24 and I was 40. Yeah. Set, 647. You must have been like, what a loser this old woman is no. sitting in a bar drinking. No. <laughs> I would, I mean, I was at the 30 and over bar, like Tony's is the 30 <laughs> well, and over that's bar. True. That's true. I loved Tony's. I was drinking at Tony's the day I turned 21. Yeah. I, I gravitated towards that bar. Now, let me just, we'll sidetrack for one second. Do you still go to Tony's? I mean, pre-COVID, were you still kind of hanging Absol- out there? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I tell yeah. people. Not as much was- as I, not as much as I used to yeah. with kids, but yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love that bar. It's a family, it's a family bar. You get exactly. to know the people and the characters and you yes. become family. 
Yes. It's like cheers. Exactly what I tell people that when we when we would hang out there, it wasn't just like a bar, but we would go on Sunday and bring food and watch the Browns games or the Cincinnati games, or you go and play darts with people or euchre that people early on, like early enough in the evening, might bring their kids, you know, and like hang out for a little bit. They didn't really serve food, but you know, you could bring in food and then sit with your kids. And so yeah, it was really more of a pub. I know it's called Tony's Bar, but I would say it has more that pub atmosphere, like a British pub, you know, just the community really definitely so that's how I met Laura was there and drinking and probably through Kate Fergus oh gosh yeah I haven't I mean that's she was kind of my into all the other people living there because she was there before I was so anyways so here's Laura and as I'm starting this podcast I'm looking at my friends list and I'm like who would be fun to interview of course I think everybody's fun to interview and I noticed that Laura has started a new company. And I'm like, hot seat, I'm going to call, I'm going to get a hold of this woman and see if she'll be on my podcast. And true to form, here's Laura. She's like, I'll do it. And I'm like, that's amazing. So what I love about Facebook, it can be years and years and years go by and people are like, yes, we're friends, let's do it. And just as cheerful, look at this great smiling face here. Absolutely. That's one of the positive things about social media. Yeah, is I would say connected because I'm not good at it. And so social media helps me to be connected to others without being physically connected (laughs) well especially during covid right yeah and so let's talk now it's a little windy over here and i have so for people listening who are sound aficionados and hate background noise live with it uh (laughs) it's a little windy you're here in the door you hear some chimes but i love those chimes so they're not going anywhere all right so laura tell us anything at all you'd like to tell us about you before we get into uh bailey's lodging company sure um so i am a native of southeast ohio I was born and raised um, in Hawking County, um, and I grew up on a farm, a small 50-acre farm. We had about 20 head of cattle, but for my family, that was my dad's retirement joy. You know, every person has their own joy in retirement, and that might be heading to Arizona, that might be heading to the beach. Uh, For him, it was moving back to his family farm and living out the rest of his days as a farmer. That's excellent. Um, Yeah. So I had a really great experience growing up on this farm, lots of chores. Instead of presents for Christmas and birthdays, I would get the firstborn calf. Um, And, you know, you think about that, you're like, wow, that's really strange. But I would raise that calf. I was thinking, what a lot of responsibility. (laughs) Yeah. I would invest in that soon to be cow and then I would sell it for $2,000 at the market. So, it really, I started my entrepreneurship, you know, vision early on. I just didn't know it. Yeah, yeah, time, exactly. Yeah. That is great. Okay, yeah. so that kind of so, answers a little bit. One question I have yeah. for the future, but we'll come back to it. Okay, um, then. so then I went to Ohio University and I majored in early childhood education. And oh, okay. I had, I picked up a minor in recreation. I picked up a minor because I had figured out that I would graduate uh, within three years and who wants to do that in university? Not me, especially being a socialite that I was. And uh, so I picked up a minor. I was always connected with nature. And so recreation for me was, it was, it was kind of a no-brainer. Like that's, okay. that's the direction I wanted to go towards. Um, and then I graduated, became a school teacher in the Logan Hawkins School District. Oh, okay. I taught for four years. Um, I met someone who said, hey, um, I have this opportunity at Northwestern University 
in Chicago, would you, would you want to come? Maybe she didn't even ask me. I don't know. I might've just said, okay, I'm coming. I'm not really sure how that worked out. I'd like to Um, invite myself. Okay, great. You have this opportunity. I'm coming too. Um, And so we moved to Chicago. We lived there for eight years. Opportunity presented itself to move back to Southeast Ohio, to Athens, uh, where my wife is now the head coach at Ohio University of the field hockey team. And so that's what, yeah, so that's what brought us back. Yeah. For her, it's a, a, you know, it's kind of the, the other bookend. She started at OU playing at OU. She came back to be the assistant coach. We left, we came back again as head coach. So it's gone full circle for her. We, we definitely bleed green here at Ohio University. Yeah. Yeah. I know my daughter does too. She lives in New York City, but when she first got to New York, uh, very quickly, literally graduated from OU on a Saturday, um, drove her stuff up. We took her stuff up to Cleveland. I was um, visiting from Hong Kong, uh, came home, went to the, you know, cleaned out her um, storage unit, went to the graduation, drove up to Cleveland, dropped off her stuff, had a little goodbye party for her on Sunday. I drove her to New York City on Monday. She had no job, nowhere to live, and knew nobody. Um, she yep. used Craigslist, found a place to live on Wednesday. We moved her in Thursday. I drove back to this area Friday and flew home to Hong Kong on Saturday because I'm a terrible parent. <laughs> what was I thinking? But it was her OU pals. You know, she reached out to the local OU, um, what do you call the? Like alumni chapter. Yeah, thank you. The something. alumni chapter. Yeah. yeah. And she knew some people through that. And that's how she made her friends. And she's been there for I, probably eight years now. Yeah. That's awesome. Good so I'm with you. I think OU is a great school. I'm, I'm always yeah. excited when I hear kids are um, headed down that way. I think it's great. Yeah. Okay, but they're not paying us to plug them. So let's move along. <laughs> That's so- true. <laughs> but they could and just you know can just Venmo Mary Barbara Hannah. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. If you want to support me, go right Paid ahead. Sponsorship. <laughs> That's right. Um, so you, you so w- what years did you live in Chicago? Um, from 2010 to 2018. Okay, so you and I kind of left about the same time. That's why we, did, we never saw probably, each other again. Yes, that's probably right. I yes. left in 2010 also. There were two yeah. sad empty bar stools at Tony's. People oh my gosh. Think, Where did those what did they do? Go? I don't even know what they did during like that time. A UFO might have kidnapped them. Yes, to <laughs> Chicago and Hong Kong, which was, yeah, similar. But anyway, so, uh, and we came back in 2016. I did, and then my husband came back in 2017. So that's great that we all yeah. kind of came back, right, yeah. to the Mid-Ohio Valley. That's excellent. Yeah, it is, it's like a magnet here. It really is. It, it draws you back. <laughs> Whether you want to or not. <laughs> some it's people so do true. and some people don't. That's, That's right. right. Um, but I do love, I am kind of envious of living near Athens because it's so cool oh. over there. Uh, let me ask you then, what did you do when you came back? Um, so when I came back, I had a great opportunity to uh, work for the city of Athens oh, okay. as a program specialist in the arts, parks, and recreation department. Um, so I oversaw youth programming, preschool, summer camp, um, anything that had to do with youth. Yeah, it was a it was a really great opportunity. As you know, the you know the economic development of this area it can be harsh sometimes, mm-hmm. and finding a, a decent paying job is difficult because mm-hmm. we're in a college town and everyone is so very educated, and so those jobs get taken very quickly. So I felt very fortunate about having that opportunity mm-hmm. um, and doing so in an area that, that I, I was accustomed to, you know, mm-hmm. education, recreation, they kind of went along with my DNA. So um, I felt very fortunate to have that position. Also, um, if you're not familiar with Athens, our community center is phenomenal. It is yeah. 
brilliant over there. I have never found a place anywhere that I've ever been, including living in Hong Kong, that had such a great center. And I just love the way it's put together. I love everything they offer. The parking has solar panels. There's a bike trail behind it. It's got a beautiful pool. I mean, it's just, I mean, not an indoor pool. I guess that's okay. But, um, you know, who wants to see me in a bathing suit anyway? But my point being, um, it is, yeah, it's a great, and that, is that where you worked out of? Was that? Yes, it community is. Center, which it is a great place to go to yeah, work every day. Yeah, it was beautiful oh. in there. It was one of those um, centers that you clearly saw that there was the future in mind when it was designed. Yes. Um, that it was a, a, a center in which the city and the towns could grow into, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which you don't see that very often anymore. You see, no, okay, is this very... is what we have the budget for now, and yeah. this is what we're doing. And then, you know, within five, 10 years, you've outgrown that building. Mm-hmm. And the community center is one of those buildings where we could grow into it. And it has become, like you said, it has become this campus of recreation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I totally love it there. So yeah. tell us then, dun, 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 <laughs> you've got another opportunity. So tell, let's, if you're ready to move over to this yeah. other, your let's, new do it. let's hear about it. Yeah. So uh, during, so during COVID municipalities and parks and recreation department across the U S they were being hit hard financially. Um, Oftentimes what I saw were departments who weren't able to or couldn't afford to revision um, their, their plan into going virtual, um, they, they lost a lot of members. So I saw in March, I'm in a part, of, a part of a women's and recreation group nationwide, and I would see the messages like, I just got laid off, I just got laid off. Um, and I just kind of saw the writing on the wall with that. Mm-hmm. We weren't doing large groups. Um, schools were closed. So I tried really hard, very much so to reposition myself and create opportunities within the community that were free too, because we are in such a low socioeconomic area mm-hmm. um, where people couldn't afford to participate in recreation. And it shouldn't be that way anyway. Everyone should experience leisure mm-hmm. for free. Um, and so I kind of saw the writing on the wall and, it, and that, so that was in March, April, May, by August, I had been temporarily laid off. That temporary layoff became a permanent layoff. And I, again, while I was laid off, I'm not one to just sit around. I, I was outdoors three times a week. I mean, I was hiking 20, 30 miles a week. We hiked wow. the Appalach- Appalachian Trail with the kids. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, just, a par- just a part of it. Um, so we got out and, and for such a long time, I felt that I was, um, not fully embracing my roots as an Appalachian. And so coming back here, I really wanted to embrace my upbringing, my, my roots, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I saw that the Bailey's trail system was up and coming. You know, it had been talked about since we moved back in 2018. That's when I first heard of this. And that summer, probably more so because of COVID and because everyone was getting outside, um, that summer, I saw that the trailhead was packed at every trailhead with the Baileys, just packed, cars lined up, everyone was out mountain biking. You couldn't even buy a mountain bike this summer. And I thought, okay, we have people not only in the area who are getting out enjoying this, but we have people from out of state coming in to enjoy this as well. And so that's when the wheels really started turning. If they're staying here, where are they staying? Because if you have a $10,000 mountain bike, you don't want to stay in a hotel. If you are, then you're bringing your mountain bike in with you in the room. And so I thought, okay, this, this is it. This is what I want to do. I want to create, I want to forge my own path. I want to be in my own 
boss. I want to, you know, empower others um, to become their own boss as well. And so we, we we're grateful to purchase land. We have five acres, just over five oh. acres, soon to be seven acres. Okay. And we are directly across from the, the trailhead. I mean, it's two tenths of a mile um, to the trailhead at the Chansey Station. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the concept of this mountain biking trail system, upon completion, it will be 88 miles of a trail system, which will be the longest trail system east of the Mississippi River. That's and incredible. yeah, and what they're doing is they're, these are land, abandoned landmines is what they're, but it is. And it was um, purchased by Wayne National Forest. And it's really just a blank canvas of great hills and valleys and boulders um, to ride. And they're expecting upon completion, 181,000 visitors a year. Um, piggybacking off of a nearby state park that receives two to three million visitors a year. Wow. Uh, for Southeast Ohio, instead of embracing and trying to come up with infrastructure, I really believe that we need to focus on ecotourism here mm -hmm, because that's mm -hmm. what we have. It's beautiful here. Let's embrace it and let's build something from that. So that's wow. kind of the story. Of so inspiring, Laura. Okay, so now I, I have a couple of questions here. Sure. So the Bailey's Trail system, who's Bailey? I mean, how is that the name mm -hmm. of what we're talking about here? Um, so it was called the Bailey Mine oh, back, back in the day. Um, okay. So there are three roads. There, are, there is West Bailey, Big Bailey, and Car Bailey. But okay. they, they were all a part of this, the Bailey Mine. I see. And so that's where the, the Bailey's Trail System comes from. That's where it gets the name Bailey. Okay. And you were talking about Chansey. And I just want to tell people, you have to know it's spelled Chauncey. <laughs> and correct. the reason we know to say Chansey is because if you say Chauncey, people know you're not from around here. Yes. So you will want to say designed. Chansey, but yeah. it is spelled C-H-A-U-N-C-Y. Yes. So Chauncey is the spelling, Chansey <laughs> is the pronunciation. So Ch Chansey is where the um, trailhead is. Is that what you're saying? That's correct. Yeah. So you have the, the village of Chansey. Chansey. We're going to go <laughs> Chansey. You I mean, I'm Chansey. a local. I've um, already educated everybody. That's perfect. Um, so the village of Chansey was where a lot of the mine workers lived. And then across the road on State Route 13 was the entrance to the mine. I see. Yeah. And it has now been converted in, into the trailhead. Okay. And so the land that you've bought, those five acres, um, now you said five acres and then you gave another number after that, but I kind of lost track because I was writing. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay uh, we have five acres soon to be seven where there's another parcel that is being surveyed um, prior to purchase all so, right yeah so uh and then what are you going to do with these five acres so What's we are gonna going happen? to convert them into um, vacation rentals and we are starting with um, converting shipping containers as you would see uh throughout you know China is a really big distributor of shipping containers. The U.S. is now overpopulated the with them as well. Mm -hmm. um, so we're converting shipping containers into luxury rentals. Girl, this is incredible. <laughs> I'm going to have you back on like every six weeks for an update. Okay, convert shipping containers. And yeah. um, give us some ideas. What's going to happen? They're going to cut windows into these things. You're going to have a small bathroom. Right. I mean, what's it going to look like a little bit? 
Yes. So um, we've chosen the 45 foot shipping containers, you know, get yourself a little, little extra room in there. So they're 45 feet by 10 feet, I, I recall. Um, yeah, windows cut out, door cut out. Um, you'll have everything. I mean, it's, it's a luxury rental space. Um, marble tile. Yeah, kitchen, bathroom, uh, restroom, um, bedroom, queen size bed with a pull out sofa. Um, uh, we have a great space with that oversees the sun sunrise. So we'll have decks going out, of course, hot tubs, you can't vacation without a hot tub. And uh, so you'd be able to watch the sunrise in the mornings and the sunsets in the evenings on the other side of the ridge. That is so fantastic. So um, let me ask you a little bit about the renovations. I'm so fascinated by this idea. Um, who's, who's doing the renovations? Yes. So if anybody has ever researched converting shipping containers, it's not an easy feat. There is a way to do it correctly and there's a way to not do it correctly. <laughs> you know, you're, Which are you choosing? A, <laughs> choosing the way to do it correctly. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, so you, you've got a big metal box. So a lot of times condensation can form inside of those units. And so I've gone with um, a contractor out of Columbus. Um, it's a woman. She's an engineer. She used to work for the Army Corps of Engineers, but she got tired of discrimination and harassment. And she said, guys, what? I'm starting my own business. Nonsense. I, I mean, she, she's also a woman of color. And uh, she said, I'm, I've had it. I'm starting my own business. And um, I would totally like to her. interview this woman on this podcast. Well, I can get you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So share me, happen. share with me her yeah. name. Okay. Okay. Your contractor, I guess. Huh? Yeah. Uh, so she has her own remodeling business, construction business. And she, within seven years, became really fascinated with the conversion of these shipping containers. So she taught herself through other people mentors on how to do it. And now she's teaching other people how to do it. She's, she's got it down to such a science and efficiency that she'll teach other people how to do it. She's starting you know, to learn things. So. I'm often excited when I get up every day and get dressed. <laughs> you know, and then you meet Me people too. like you and her and she's like, I'm going to remodel shipping containers. I'm going to figure it out. And you know, you're like, I'm buying acres and converting stuff. And I'm like, um, this is where I keep my liquor. <laughs> my beers behind me oh all right gosh. nothing yeah it's good to be you know some people somebody has to interview you folks all right so she and how did you find her just on the internet I mean just like I did yeah I googled I googled her and um I really wanted to um keep things as local as I could mm -hmm. um, so she is out of Columbus there are many companies throughout the nation but it also reduces costs too mm -hmm. of, yeah. of transportation of the containers to my property. Um, but I met her, I toured her warehouse, her model, and I just, I loved her. Like yeah. I loved her brain. I could tell that she saw, she has extreme spatial awareness, but she also has this design side to her too. Mm -hmm. So she's got left and right brain going on and so it's been great so far. Yeah. When do you expect to open your first available when will when will these become available when will your first yeah we are it is a moving target we are shooting for july this summer that's right um, around the corner can, okay i know yeah. you know that <laughs> it is it is i'm excited good i'm so excited um 
Yeah, so July, it's a moving target again, but July is when we hope to have the containers. We're going to go through a couple of weeks of beta testing with friends just to make sure that we have everything that we need for accommodations. <laughs> Mary Barbara Hanna is going to be one of my beta testers to come out, sip some wine. You definitely need some and, old and tell people. me what I need to work on. You do. I have to tell you, you really need old folks because you have to know if your accommodations mm-hmm. are working, right? Like, mm-hmm. can I actually open the door? <laughs> Can I figure out the code? Let me tell you, I have, as I've gotten older, I used to think those things were hilarious because I watched my dad. I'm like, oh, brother. And now my daughter's like, oh, mom. And I'm like, I can't help it. Someday it'll be you. Um, I love that, that whole thing. And so um, what will be, just out of curiosity, if you figured this part out yet, what is the rental scheme essentially? Like you can rent for the weekend. You have to rent by the week. How will you, how will people rent? They can, um, you are going to require a two night minimum um, just because of the turnover rate. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a, that's a lot of work. So two night minimum, but in terms of long-term rentals, um, they can stay as long as they like, as long as they're paying. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, no squatters allowed. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Don't even think it. Um, All right. So this is, of course, just, I'm so thrilled by this whole thing. I want to come over to, as you were making this decision and seeing this vision come before you, it actually made me think of you today. I'm reading, rereading a book. It's called Soulcraft. I don't know if you've ever heard of this book by Bill Plotkin. No. Um, I'll write it down though. Yeah, do. It's really, what's amazing about this book is it's all about people heading off on their, their journey, if you will. And going through the process of significant soul change and discovering your soul. And he really, you know, he pulls in Joseph Campbell and he pulls in archetypes and he talks about the Greek myths and and so forth. Um, But he really, it's really an interesting book because it's about how, whether you want to or not, all of us are called into a moment in our lives where we have to go a different direction, even if you're not planning on it. And I think for people to be dealing with COVID as all of us have, pretty much every single person has been faced with this fork in the road. You know, what does it mean to Absolutely. work Absolutely. And, and we, we have a very, really large uh, rise in nomads too. Mm. Um, so people taking to vans and, you know, RVs and hitting the road and saying, either I'll take my company on the road with me, my job on the road with me, or I'll find something else. I mean, there is a very large rise in in that occurring right now. So that, yeah, I think COVID has forced us to see ourselves in a different way. We've never been forced to see ourselves because we're we're stuck in the same old rut, you know, day in, day out, get up, brush your teeth, go to, go to work. And we never really take time to reflect. Am I happy? What else could I be doing? Um, So yeah, I wrote that down. I will read it. Yeah. It's really for anybody out there who is, um, and it's a spiritual book. You know, I really, it's got some, Native American elements to it as well, but it's uh, it's really been a good read. I, I read it over in Hong Kong at the um, advice of a friend, and I pulled it out recently because, you know what, we don't go on one soul journey. I think, um, you know, there's twists and turns all the time. All right, so I want to come back to what new skills are you, oh no, wait, uh, before we do that, what were your feelings? That's really, I know I get all, my friend calls it activated. I do get all activated. My <laughs> husband laughs because I throw up my hands like this. Wait. <laughs> Um, what were some of the feelings you had when you realized you were going to take a big leap like this? Well, I can tell you that when we went to the closing of the land, right, we're, we're prepared to 
hand over our money in return for the deed of the land. I thought I was going to throw up. <laughs> I really. I'll write really down anxiety. Thought, yeah, anxiety. Uh, nausea. Um, because at that point, there is no turning back, right? And I'm ideas person all day long. Any of my friends in the, oh gosh, Laura's going to start another business doing this idea, that idea. Um, but at this point, this was a, this was tangible now. This was a real thing that was happening and there's no turning back. And I thought, okay, here we go. Here we go. Let's start this roller coaster ride. Because up until that point, it had just been talks. You can talk all day long. That's right. Now, now it's real. How, how is your partner supportive? I mean, if you don't mind she's me asking. so supportive. Um, yeah, absolutely. So she, she's been incredibly supportive. This is an exciting opportunity for her as well. I mean, we're, we're forming this business together. I, you know, ideally, even though she has her job, she's keeping her job, Ohio university, and she'd love to keep her job. <laughs> that's right. Um, that's right. Let me put that quitting. Don't get excited. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but when I first presented it to her, I remember the day it was December 16th. I woke up and I wait, just I this past December 16th. This, yes. So it was so between December 16th when you told her about it and to this day, which is not even March 16th yet, you've right. already talked. This is you had you already talked to the contractor or in this no, amount of time right. you found her toward the thing. You are a yes. go-getter girl. Man, I move fast. And yes, you do. Not, That's incredible. I do. I do because a fast. lot of people yes. be like, oh, we talked about it. And that was three years ago. And then we did this. No, Laura Sowers. No. Oh, I have today. I'll just go take care of that. I'm not, I'm oh, conquer it. the world. Yeah. I have nothing this afternoon. I'll be right on that. Yeah. Why All not? Right. Yeah. So you talked to her on the 16th yes. of December. The 16th, woke up in the morning. And I said, hey, what do you think about starting vacation rentals at the Baileys? And at first... She's like, no, are you crazy? Like what? Um, this is, you know, this is a major effect in our lives. Like what? And I was like, just think about it. Like, just hear me out. Just think about it. I kind of gave her my plan. And within 24 hours, she was on board uh -huh. and not only on board, but she was ready to liquidate some stocks and make it, you know, give some cash over to the business. Cool. So, um, she's been incredibly supportive and I, I value her opinion as well. Sure. Uh, I'll bounce ideas off of her as a, another entity. Um, you know, what is the, you know, logo design or, mm -hmm. you know, what do you think about this land design for, for the land itself or having these features? And I value her opinion on that mm -hmm. as well. She's incredibly intelligent. So it's excellent. important to me because it is our life. It is like yeah. a third baby in our life. Uh, growing this business. Yeah. And and that one never grows up or leaves. <laughs> no. It doesn't talk back though. So that's, you kind of got to balance that's there. That's right. And hopefully it's a better return on investment than actual <laughs> children. I mean. <laughs> Those two kids. Um, <laughs> let me ask you, what new skills are you learning? Oh my gosh. So many. So, so many. Um, finance. So it was a skill that I had hidden deep within me, <laughs> but like with many skills, you need other people to help you as well. And so I have turned to, um, she was actually my, my boss in Chicago when I was in business in Chicago. And I said, Hey, I, you know, my mind is moving at um, a faster rate than what I can 
put on paper and make sense of it? Can you help me? And she, so she did. She works with a firm called um, Cultivate Advisors. And she, so she does um, business advisory things. <laughs> and so she helps me very with my finances. Okay. Yeah, I had a, a mumbo jumbo of numbers put up, but she, she really helped me with that. Um, and then I've also joined um, a women's Ohio women's coalition group. So it's a group made up of Ohio business owners um, that are women and anyone from attorneys to there's interior design, finance, um, Dirty Girl Coffee, who is here local. She's the one who introduced me, Jane uh, Cavarazzi. She introduced me to this group. And I've learned so much just about state legislator and um, being a woman and what that entails and what incentives there are. I knew nothing about that previous to this. Um, I wonder so how, a, you, how much sleep you're getting a night. Um, melatonin helps. Um, <laughs> because can you turn your brain off? I mean, every no. time I just imagine like you have this idea and then it kabang and it becomes this thing over here and then another idea kabang and then, yeah. and then suddenly like all that adrenaline is just pumping 24 hours a day. Totally. Right. Absolutely. You got it. You hit the nail on the head. That's exactly it. And so I do have to take melatonin, shut my brain off yeah. because I, um, it just keeps going and going and going. What about this and this and this? And I play out conversations in my head at night and then I, you know, that's, I think that's also called anxiety, but I don't know. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, there's a lot going on. You're riding the wave as you should, you know, um, and getting support from people where you can. That's important too. But really, I think I wonder if you are, my question for you is, are you an idea person? How is your attention to detail? Also very strong? <laughs> it, it is incredibly strong. I, um, but I don't want to be a micromanager, mm -hmm. though. Mm -hmm. I have attention... To detail for myself. I'm a little more lax when it comes to others, but when, in terms of starting a business, there are certain things that have to happen in order for this business to be, you know, um, thrive. Mm -hmm. And therefore, yes, every detail matters right now. It's just so, I mean, I'm thinking, cause you said, you know, like my head, I've got all this stuff and I'm thinking I, I often, when I was back in the old days, when I had a full-time job and I had my daughter and, you know, just life and I was going to school and all this nonsense, um, I often equated it to a plate that was, had some stuff on it, but then eventually was getting fuller and fuller and fuller and stuff was starting to kind of fall off the edges because there just wasn't room for anything more. And I couldn't keep up. I couldn't eat everything on my plate. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. um, and so that, that for me, I, I don't have that anymore, thankfully. Well, that's a lie. My husband would tell you that's a complete lie. You know, one of my things is very similar to you. I have new ideas all the time. And then I'm like, full speed ahead. You know, and I just talked to my husband the other day about starting another podcast in addition to this one. He's like, are you crazy? You, you can't yeah, do, even it. do what you're doing now. You go to bed at night anxious because of what? all the stuff. And I'm like, no, but I don't on. think about that during the day. Yeah, you're doing great. You know, it's one, it's one foot in front of the other, you know, yeah. and lists help and just tracking and seeing that visualization of things getting done and controlling the controllables and moving forward, yeah. even if it's a little bit at a time, just that progress day in, day out. Yeah, and, and do it. Start another podcast. Using your <laughs> gifts, right? Um, what in the past has prepared you for today and the near future? You know, I'm, I'm going to go back to who I am as an individual. Um, I love people. And I know that, that sometimes when people hear that, 
they maybe cringe or think I'm not being authentic, but I am being authentic. Like I love the good, the bad, the ugly. I love people. And so building relationships has been easy for me through this process because it comes naturally already. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of joining groups and, and uh, asking for help um, or just promoting the business, being a member of the community that's now new to me. You know, these are new neighbors. This is a new community and, and getting to know the players. Those are the things that come naturally to me. And I think that I do well, relatively speaking. Yeah. No, I think that's, I mean, that's great. I also took notes, um, you know, just that responsibility and watching things grow. I was thinking of you raising calves, you know, going all the way back to the responsibility as a kid and taking something on. And because it's not just like when you feel like it, that's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Where's my calf? How's it fed? What does it need? You know, health, all that stuff. Um, And then also your recreation minor you know, the joy of being outside and what you can, helping other people find that joy and knowing that you're connecting people that way. Let me just check the time because I want to, okay, we have about 15 minutes left, a little bit more. Um, I know that we talked, we were going to talk about your book. So let's do that. And, but before we do that, what Mm -hmm. else would you like to talk about when it comes to Bailey's Lodging Company? What haven't I asked you, or was there something else you wanted to say about it that we haven't talked about yet? No, I think we've we've covered the majority of it. Um, this is a this is a starting point for this company. Um, I definitely want to see this company grow um, into more properties, more accommodations, and it is very valuable to me personally um, to see to provide jobs, but also empower women to create their own jobs um, because we're in an area that it is still male dominated here mm-hmm. um, in terms of politics, in terms of owning businesses. And so it is my mission and along with other women business owners to create more women businesses. Hey, there's your husband. Hey, <laughs> thank you, honey. <laughs> the star of the show, the hidden, the hidden face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so that is um, that is incredibly important to me. It's one of my values and, and one that I hold very dearly. Excellent. I really appreciate that. And I mean, I'm already thinking about all the ways you will be using local resources, you know, from cleaning the cabins to, to furnishing the cabins, the all the electrical, the plumbing. I mean, it's just there's so right. much that you're bringing to this area with such, such a simple idea. I mean, just that little like, hey, we should have vacation rentals. But then when you drill down into the nitty gritty, all the things, you know, that it will require. It's so fantastic. Congratulations, Laura. I mean, what a great idea. Um, Now, one more question before we move on. Do you see Bailey Systems as, uh, Systems, Bailey's um, Lodging Company as um, going along the trail as well and looking at properties in other places? That's, that is one of our goals. We want to have bike in, bike out access. That's what... Uh, would differentiate my company from any others that pop up. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a ski in, ski out. Those are, those are great spaces to have. Right. Um, And especially my thought process is, especially if you have equipment that is so expensive, Mm -hmm. um, what a luxury to just be able to park your car at your, your site. And then everything is right there Mm -hmm. and bike in, bike out. And then our accommodations will, will feature, bike specific uh, wash stations and um, security for the bikes and things like that. So we're, we're doing with the, with the mindset of these mountain bikers, um, you know, 
in in wit in building this, um, but also trail enthusiasts too. We have uh, there's a large number of uh, trail runners in the area. Same thing, you know, they're holding an event to have that luxury of not driving to a trailhead, finding parking, things like that. They can just run right from their their front door or their hot tub onto the trail and and be there. Excellent! Wow, this is just really thrilling. I'm just so excited for you. Let's, um, before our time together ends, let's talk a little bit about the book you brought that inspired you. Yes, so the book, the book that I chose is okay. Rising Strong by Brene Brown. Excellent. And um, I want, if I may, may I read of a course. passage? From, okay. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so this is um, from Theodore Roosevelt's um, quote in his 1910 Man in the Arena speech. So Brene um, kind of sums this up and, and, and quotes uh, Theodore Roosevelt in this. And this speaks volumes to what me previously and me now. So I'll, I'll go ahead and read this. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly who at the best knows in the end the triumph of the high achievement and who at worst, if he fails, at least he fails daring greatly. So me 10 years ago would have read that and said, yes, it, you know, we do have critics. We have critics every day that say, you know, you're not doing this correctly or wow, your podcast would be so much better if you did this, X, Y, and Z. <laughs> I do hear okay? that. Uh, I bet you do. And the, the thing that she hits home with this is, yes, see those critics, but are they the ones actually in the arena? Mm -hmm. Are they the ones that are, you know, have dust on their face and, and marred and the ones fighting day in and day out? If they're not, maybe that's criticism that you can put aside for now. Mm -hmm. and, and 10 years ago, I needed to hear this. Um, and now the, the other half of this quote is, if he fails, at least he fails daring greatly. I mean, that that's what I'm doing right now. If I fail at this, at least I gave it a shot, you know? At least I failed daring greatly. I'm, I'm doing something that I believe in, um, hopefully creating a job for myself, for others. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm in there doing the work, if that makes sense. You absolutely are, and it does make a lot of sense, and I love that idea of daring greatly. I, I'm with you on that. I mean, we can stand around all day and point out what other people are doing wrong, or we can just jump in and have fun and live our lives and dig in the dirt and try things out. I, um, I'm very much that way. I, I wasn't always that way. When I was um, crazy enough, when I was your age, I was going through my first divorce. I mean, my only divorce, not that I plan on any more of those. Um, <laughs> But I had always thought I'd be married and have five kids and live in Lakewood, Ohio, and, you know, the picket fence. I have never, I have lived in Lakewood, but I did not have a picket fence. I was in a double. I had one kid. Uh, you know, my life has never gone. I keep trying to pull it this way, and it's taking me absolutely the opposite way. And for a long time, I fought that because I thought that's, that is not what I want. But it turns out it was the very best thing for me because as you mentioned earlier in our conversation, that's what has brought out the authentic me. Yeah. You know, being in that safe space all the time wasn't going to challenge me in any way that I needed to be challenged. And by not living anything close to the life I thought I was going to have, I've had an incredible life 
all, all over the place, you know, including out here in Parkersburg, my garden, my dogs, I mean, just all kinds of stuff I just would never have done otherwise. So I feel very thankful, but um, daring greatly doesn't come easily to everybody, okay. you know, a lot. And that's where okay. I think this COVID idea, you know, not that that was anybody's idea, you know, China's like, those Americans need to wake up. We're going to send them a little something, something. Um, but that idea that, you know, we have these opportunities to be reflective and it's so important to do so. Listen, in the few minutes that we have left, we have 10 minutes, we got plenty of time. I want to ask you a few questions. Uh, do you, and I ask everybody this, these questions, do you use a bookmark when you're reading? No, I tab my pages. You mean like dog ear? Yeah. Oh my God. Half my I'm audience just fainted. Are you kidding me? No, there are several. That's because I. There are people I that will freak out. You cannot oh, go to their pages. There it is. Oh, that's going to start controversy on my, on my Facebook page. Don't post that. How dare you? Yeah. So, yeah, I you love know, to ask you know, um, I always lose my bookmarks. So I thought. Oh, the heck with it. I'm just going to dog you and then I'll never lose a bookmark. And I'm going to challenge you to make some Bailey's Lodging Company bookmarks and have them available okay. in your little cabins. I will. I will. So people no, don't I'll accept that challenge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> with my face on it. No, I'm kidding. All right. So bookmarks. Uh, so you do dog ear. All right. That's very, you know, controversial. You wouldn't believe it, but it really is. Oh, I love to, I always ask okay. people that question and people are like, dog ear. Um, oh. Do you prefer paperback or hardback? Or electronic? Are you an an e-reader? No, I'm not an e-reader. Yeah, I prefer hardback. Okay. I don't. It's the. I guess it's the texture. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. People love no. the physical turning of the page, the sound of it. Yeah. You know. I'm Some not. People... I'm not an e-reader. E-reader. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and nothing against those who are. We welcome all yeah. kinds here. Absolutely. We're inclusive. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Um. Do you write in your books? Uh, no, not typically. Okay. Uh, I will highlight from time to time certain patch passages, um, but I keep a separate journal okay. um, to make notes when I'm, when I'm reading a book. All right. Because if that book ever passes on to somebody, we're, we're big on trading books and you know, things like that. So if I'm, I've got something completely <laughs> yeah, strange in there. I don't really, you know, my thoughts are my thoughts. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, if they're your thoughts, people might not under, I mean, you know, people might read your shorthand or my shorthand or anybody's and be like, oh, what, what the hell does that mean? What? You know, yeah, really. but it can be distracting. That's for sure. I mean, I, I actually do write in my books and um, especially a book like this, Soul Craft. So let me find a page where it's kind of marked up. I mean, you know, just little things where I'm just, oh, you can't really see, but you know, it's just little yeah, things where I'm yeah. like, oh, this is interesting or, you know, underlining. I think I underline so that when I go back to read it again, I don't read the whole page. Here's what mm -hmm. I thought was important. And I kind of just, you know, skim along. I'm like, oh, yeah, right, right, right. Um, but for sure, if somebody else tried to pick this up, they would be truly, you know, distracted. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't be worth it. I would be trying to decode your thoughts. I would definitely. I be am to now going to head. accept the challenge yeah. and send you a book I've marked up because you have nothing else to do all day. <laughs> What kind, of, what kind of books do you read to your kids do you do you remember oh do you have kids I mean I know this is oh I do where are my kids <laughs> right. actually how old can we ask you don't have to tell oh, me sure. too much about them but how old uh, are they? they are five and almost three. Oh, 
I was just talking to somebody else. Oh, uh, my interview yesterday. This guy is very interesting, um, David Lang. I met him in Hong Kong, he and his wife, and he l- grew up living as an expat, but he grew up in Japan and then mm-hmm. has spent most of his adult life working and living in Asia. And um, now he has, he was a writer. He did do some writing and now he's turned to art in this time of COVID. Mm-hmm. And so he was, I was asking him about his grandkids, exactly the same age, his grandkids. So I was just wondering what kind of books do you read or stories do you tell your three everything. and five Everything. We read them anything and everything um, because they are growing up at, with two moms. Mm-hmm. We tried to read very inclusive books um, you know, be, in light of the George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, we try to include those books as well. You know, they do go to a center that for this area is considered diverse. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> my son in the early years of his life went to um, a center in Chicago. Oh, so okay. there you're really talking about uh, true diversity, diversity yeah, yeah, inclusion and things like that. Yeah. Um, but we want them to grow up respecting mm-hmm. others and yeah. their cultures and their values and their opinions. Um, so we, we read them everything. They're also subscribed to the Dolly Parton Imagination Library. Oh, I love so that. Talk read, a little yeah. bit about that. Maybe some people aren't familiar. So talk a little bit about oh, that. Okay, sure. Um, so Dolly Parton, um, those of you who don't know her, <laughs> saved humanity. I'm just she grew up in a very rural area of Tennessee, very impoverished as a child. And her father never learned to read. He never learned to read. Wow. And um, so what Dolly and her father did together was start Imagination Library. It started in their county in Tennessee in, near Sarearville. And every child from birth to age five receives a book a month that grew, that Imagination Library grew, and now it is the entire nation. It might even be beyond the United States at this point. Um, So we just recently signed up for it for our kids, and they get different books every month, and we read them to them. And kids love getting stuff in the mail. As antiquated as we think the snail mail is, children love to receive items in the mail. And so they're so joyful every time we open the mailbox and there's a book for them. Oh, I love Um, that. Run and read it. Um, and yeah, so we try books, to expose them to everything. You're finding that those books from Dolly Parton's Imagination Library are very inclusive. Yes. Oh, yes. Very yeah. much so. Or there, at least there's an important message mm-hmm. behind there. Um, so we talk about that message or that moral of the story and what that means and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but every book, I, I don't want to give it away if you're going to sign your kid up, but I believe the first book that they'll receive is The Little Engine That Could. Oh. And... I think that's the that first book that everyone engine. gets. Yeah, it's, one. it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, um, my nephew is four. He'll be, he's probably four and a half out there. He lives out in California with his, oh, he's on his own. No, I'm kidding. With my sister lives out in California. And I just don't get to see him um, very often at all. And our, um, my sister and I, our mother passed away many years ago. So I'm kind of, and I'm so much older than my sister. I'm like 16 years older than my sister. So I'm kind of like the surrogate grandma, which of course I embrace. Mm -hmm. And uh, I totally love that. And so um, he started reading. So she sent me a little video of him reading. And I went crazy when I was a kid. We had, I had a small record player. And I got these little golden books. You remember the golden books? Mm-hmm. And they came with a record. And so you'd put the record on. And every time you heard the ding, you turned the page. So each yes. book had its own little record. 
and I and I was an avid reader from early on. And and again, people who've been following me on my podcast know that my passion is adult literacy. That's actually what brought me to Appalachia was working for the state of Ohio um, in their, their adult education system. I was a GED teacher and then I became a teacher uh, helping other people learn how to teach adults. That's my master's degree is adult learning and development. So, you know, not reading is, I mean, I just can't imagine not reading. And so that's been my life's work working on it with adult literacy. Anyway, when I found out he started reading, I bought, I don't have it, it's in the other room, uh, a Dr. Zeus book of beginner books. So it's one book, but it's got five Dr. Zeus books in it. And I know that currently all of a sudden there's something going on that's bad about Dr. Zeus. I have no idea what it is, but I'm not buying into it. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I recorded myself reading each one of these stories and I would say, ding, when it was time for him to turn the page. And I've just uploaded it to YouTube. I just uploaded the videos to YouTube. And um, I've sent the book to him. He'll get it in the mail this weekend. It is March 10th. So people will be seeing this kind of in April, I think. Um, so by the time they see this, this will already have happened. But my, he loves YouTube videos. So uh, my idea is that he'll be able to read with my name That's in my awesome. family is Baba. So it's reading with Baba. He'll be able to read with Baba and like turn the pages and stuff. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. That's great. And that's such a great idea. When, when the kids were home um, a year ago and they were here for 10 months, uh, the teachers at their school did something very similar to that. Mm-hmm. And they loved it, loved, mm-hmm. it, loved it, because there's somebody on TV that they know um, and they can read with them. Yes. It's, it's, great, it's great to in, encourage early literacy that way. So yeah. I, love I mean, just also being able, I mean, just the fascination I have with how technology gets used. I mean, all these things we didn't have, you know, back in the 70s um you know the record player was the technology although I had to laugh some of the pictures uh, are very old so they have the old phones where you hold one piece here and the earpiece here <laughs> and I'm thinking he is not going to know what the heck that thing is it says phone but he'll be like what's a phone it's a rotary dial and you know all this nonsense um I, I know your time is precious uh because you have got this huge business going behind us is there anything else we didn't talk about or that you hope to say or anything else you'd like to say before we end our conversation today? That's great. I mean, it, I think we covered the majority of it. This podcast is great. I listen in. Um, am I, I hope I'm not following the mittens Bernie Sanders lady because that was a phenomenal conversation that you had with her. Uh, I loved every moment of it. You, you, you're not. <laughs> okay, you're, great. You're actually following David here, David, uh, okay. David Lang, the guy from okay. Hong Kong. Um, but let me tell you, you know, that was a great interview and she just, she has happens to be famous for this one thing. And she, I mean, she really is so grounded, but my friend, you are too, you know, I would tell you, I'm, I mean, I'll talk to anybody on my podcast, but I must attract a certain kind of person into my life because I feel like everybody on my podcast are grounded, thoughtful, intelligent, well-spoken people. You know, there Mm -hmm. isn't, um, but I think everybody can, I mean, I'm not that I'm judging Absolutely. people, but everybody's got a story and a message to share yeah. and they just sometimes Absolutely. need a platform um, on Absolutely. which to share it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, no, I think it's there. That's why I like the idea of everyday people and extraordinary life. She's a school teacher, just like you. She just wanted to do something nice. She has mittens. So she shares them, you know, yeah. she had, we yeah. wouldn't know her, but only for the mittens being famous themselves, but she, she's still a worthy person. <laughs> to, to yeah. interview, right? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Her, her messages equally. I mean, every message is. So anyway, all right. Uh, so no, you're not following her. 
maybe David's interview will stink and you'll be awesome after that. No, his is stop. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to say goodbye to you off the air, but for my listeners, thank you again for joining. Now I'm always trying to grow my podcast and my viewership and um, I'm terrible at this part, but I would like you to follow me on Facebook. If this is where you're hearing it or follow, subscribe on iTunes, follow on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the podcast and invite your friends to like and follow as well. All right, my friend, Laura Sowers, so great to see you. you. And I'll talk to you again soon.